The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Hello, hello, hello. We've got fingers and toes out to count up the episodes because we're up to 197 episodes of Spin the Rally Pod. And I know you've been here for every single episode. Thank you for downloading and thank you for joining the team once again as we talk all things rallying. I'm rally fan Lisa O'Sullivan and joining me we have former motorsport team boss Mr George Donaldson. Glorious weather in Scotland today, I understand, George. Good morning, Lisa. It's absolutely stunning, but it is Scotland, so give it a couple of hours, it'll probably change, but I'm hopeful it's going to be <laughs> stay lovely. It was lovely, lovely weekend. Uh, First one we've had, I think, all summer. Yeah, actually that. We've had some glorious sunshine down in the southeast, and uh, as we get ready to go back to school, um, the weather has um, picked up. So, Colin, you're all set to send everybody <laughs> off to school. Colin Good Clark, the voice of rally. Yes, good morning, Lisa. Yeah, my two have gone back to school. It's wonderful, but it's also a beautiful morning here in rural Staffordshire. It's a wonderful, that kind of early autumn, heavy dew on the ground and that low mist. It's a gorgeous morning. And do you know what? They're saying 27 degrees later today. I might get the soft top. Oh. Who knows? Oh, get in. Get <laughs> in. <laughs> and of course, we wouldn't be doing this without Mr. David Evans, who, who you, know you just have to wait to be introduced, I, I, David. I, sorry. Um, I, I just, the, Colin said one word that really cheered me up then and then ruined it later in a sentence. <laughs> the one word he said was autumn, my favourite season of the year. And then the yeah. second word words were 27 degrees. <laughs> Rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, oh, sorry. sorry about it. See, David has this bag of jumpers yep. and cords packed to one side, <laughs> ready for autumn. They're all unpacked now. Uh, sorry, it's going to be a it's going to be a no jumper day, obviously, yeah. David. It's just going to have to be the dirt fish shirt. What, what no, is, you see, what's David, wrong? You, you should have been a you should have been. You should have been in Scotland yesterday, David. I would have taken you down the Tay on the boat because it was it was lovely oh. and sunny, but not not hot at all. And, and, and you're just very, very comfortable on a lovely midges. breeze. No midges at all. No oh. midges in Perthshire. It was too windy anyway. Did you remember, George? Did you remember to put the sunblock I on did. the tops of your thighs did. or on I the inside did. of your thighs? I did all over my knees. You did burn yourself. I, it was terrible. That was three years ago, and I burned myself. I mean, to the point that I had uh, blisters all over my knees for for weeks and weeks. Oh but yeah, moving on from the top of George's horrible. thighs. Yes. I was yes. going to say, yeah, yeah, and and for that life it's lesson that we knees. all learn that yes, you can get sunburnt when it's a little bit cloudy. Um, yeah. we've Horrible. all learnt the hard way over the years. Um, God, there's a lot happening actually. I mean, yeah, we're coming to awesome, but rallying never stops, and I have got a very long running order here, David Evans, that we're going to crack on through. 
Um, and I like the first point that we have on this. Who did what in the last month? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would you like to explain and expand on, on well, what question you would like answered here? It's, uh, because it was my to... birthday yesterday, so I had, I had cake. Indeed, you happy know. birthday for yesterday, Lise. Enormous happy birthday. Thank Enormous you. Congratulations. Uh, another milestone reached. Um, <laughs> Still breathing. <laughs> yeah, thank, well, thank you, David. I'm sure. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, as I was saying that, I was thinking perhaps shouldn't be saying this. But anyway, uh, it's quite early on a Monday morning. Um, yeah, d- d- just talking to drivers and stuff, you know, you get this kind of... It's been a strange month because it's almost felt as though it's half time. Uh, and we've had this kind of summer break in the same way that Formula One has a, a summer break. But our season is, is so incredibly weighted towards the sort of first half um, that we've only got four rounds left. Uh, and it's just, it, it was that sort of strange, we're halfway through, but actually we're not. We're nearly at the end of the season. Um, and it was just a question of what have people been doing? And we've, we we actually have been away. We took a, a bit of a break for a, for a few days and stuff. But actually, it genuinely doesn't stop, does it? Because, you know, when there's no WRC, there's always something going on and and Colt you more than anybody knows ARA just simply didn't stop did it where were you last week yes yeah no I was very very fortunate uh the boys doing the Dartfish Live Centre in North America asked me over to cover the uh the Ojibwe forests rally with them Uh, and I have to admit David I did have to look up where Ojibwe was um, but what, what, a, what a lovely part of the world. It's in North, uh, I was about to say North Dakota, North Minnesota, um, about three hours north of Minneapolis. And, and it's a great rally, David, a really, really great rally. I enjoyed it an awful lot, you know, uh, clearly dominated by the appearance of that brand new Subaru uh, from the Subaru North American motorsport outfit. Uh, you know, an incredible car, really, really well-developed car, well-thought-through car, does exactly what it needs to do in that championship. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed really all the cars. It was great to see that Subaru, but then you look down the field and such an eclectic mix of rally cars and personalities. It's the personalities that make, you know, North American rallying so, um, you know, so, so watchable and so enjoyable. Uh, some really, really good rallyists who have been in the sport for a long time, who know how to pedal cars, who are very, very brave, uh, and who work enormous hours on their cars to prepare them, most of them for themselves, by themselves, for these events. And yeah, I enjoyed it. Really, really good event and, and an awful lot of fun. You're just absolutely right, Colin. George, we saw that, didn't we, in, in Oregon this year, that there is just a little bit of absolutely everything. And the fact that these people can drive these cars is amazing. But it is also the fact that they build these these tremendous cars in their own backyard and then wheel them out and entertain us. Uh, oh. and, and they're entertaining, David, because because the rules allow them to be entertaining. You know, this is what I love yeah. about regional rallying is that you know the, the, the rules are there to encourage you to be a little bit innovative with your engineering. You know, the, the, there were guys in a, uh, a Subaru wagon with the most amazing wing on the rear of it. And it was a more or less a homemade wing, more or less a homemade wing. But my goodness me, you saw this car in the stages and you, you step back, you step back, you know, a step or two steps back. It was so committed, so quick. And that was, as you say, right through the field. These guys build their own cars and they drive them and they drive them hard. They drive them really, really hard. Um and it was entertaining. It was entertaining to, to watch. Apart from, I have to say, I have to say, 
your Poison Ivy, I thought it was a song, right? I didn't realise Poison <laughs> Ivy was a thing. Didn't realise it was a thing. Within two minutes of turning up at the test stage, it was pointed out to me that it was absolutely lined with Poison Ivy and I had to be careful. And I'm going, yeah, right, what's Poison Ivy? You're, you're taking the mick here. Oh, my goodness me. Oh, my goodness me. Poison Ivy is real. Did you go wandering off? I did. I did. But I was, I was restricted in my wanderings by, by the Poison Ivy and by the threat of bears. Lots of bears around there. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't go too far into the woods. But, but I learned a great trick. So here's the trick, guys. Poison ivy, it's basically the oil on, on the ivy at certain times of the year. That, that Obviously, you get it against your skin, and then it can take 24, 48 hours to develop into these horrible blisters that then, you know, they weep an oil which then spreads. The, oh, yes. my goodness. It is, it is, it is horrendous. Pracy is fine, Colin. This sounds no, horrendous. No, it's <laughs> awful. But here's, here's the trick, guys. Here's the trick. So I was out there clearly in shorts and a T-shirt. Um, the guy said to me, when you get home tonight, the first thing you do, you jump in the shower. I thought, yeah, fine. He said, but jump in the shower with a bottle of washing up liquid and wash yourself down vigorously, vigorously now, not just wash yourself down, wash yourself down vigorously with washing up liquid on your exposed skin. And he said it works every time. It takes the oil off your skin. And he was right. I was absolutely right as rain. You wanted to know that, didn't you? But... You this is some of these some of this I mean the, the years of entertainment you gave me by standing at a stage end either talking about the bears stroke mm-hmm. monsters mm-hmm. that were coming out to yeah. the beasties that were coming to get stroke you big dog. yeah stroke dog nah, Georgie, they, were, they, they were proper Quite bears there were proper yeah. bears there proper black bears in the woods oh I know um, I know a couple America's spotted over the course of the rally. Yeah, yeah. But here's that's where you don't want some some comedian with a bare ringtone to be hanging around near you, do you? No, you don't. But but this this is the mantra. This is the mantra you live by when there are bears around. If it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie down. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I learned that. What if you got dodgy, I, dodgy vision? Going, it, it looks kind of black. Or I don't know. It could be just the light. You're in trouble. Maybe you're in it's... trouble if that's the case. You know, if you're having to make those decisions, you're in trouble. Um, but I think I learned that from Cocaine. What was it called? Cocaine Bear. What was that movie? Cocaine Bear. Yeah. <laughs> but we are. We, it's, it's it's fair to say we are learning lots through through the summer because we were in. Um, where, where was I for the last Subaru test in Kentucky? Uh, and I, I discovered plenty about the copperhead snake. Uh, and, uh, oh. Honestly, there's, there's an awful lot about America that we, abs- in fact, most of America, we absolutely love. But there are parts of it that just America perhaps just needs to keep to itself. Uh, and while I was standing out in the middle of the bush, your man told me all about the copperhead actually blending in beautifully. Uh, and I could actually be standing on one right now. He, he didn't need to be telling me that sort of stuff. Uh, but it is, it's all super interesting. And of course, one thing... Uh, I, I saw a cobhead when I was hiking in, in um, uh, I think we were in Arizona at that point. And we were walking up towards going to look at some old caves with cave paintings and stuff on them. And as we were walking along this path this snake started crossing the path in front of us. And I swear it took five minutes to actually go all wow. the way. You know, it came in and it was going right, left. It just was the longest Like one of those big road ever. trains in Australia. Exactly. And, yeah. and when somebody casually goes, ah, oh, copperhead, and you think, that's not good. Wow. What? I thought a copperhead snake, I had this imagination it was probably something about 12 to 15 inches long. It was just a wee thing. 
No. But it's a huge snake, is it? Is it a well, constrictor it, I or think a I might be exaggerating slightly, but it, no, it, it, it was substantial. Apparently. It was substantial and it's, it's a, a biter. Yeah, it? It's a killer, yeah. David. It's yeah. a killer. It's a killer, is it? Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's a great name. It sounds threatening. If I, I heard, think it, if it I, eats bears. Yeah. It's Gee that big. whiz. This sounds like some sort of monster. I think there's one in Loch Ness, actually. <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about rally cars anyway. Um, it, I was. And just the, the other thing that I wanted to, to say, obviously, across the summer, um, was it was great to see RX Fest, uh, which was actually kind of at the beginning of the summer break. I think we went from Finland uh, straight into running Dirtfish Live Centre at, at RX Fest, which was a, a rallycross fest um, at HQ in Snoqualmie at Dirtfish Rally School. Which rallycross isn't the same in North America as it is in Europe. You know, in Europe we're used to Johan Christofferson winning everything. Uh, in America, it's kind of a single venue. What we'd know as a as a single venue, almost got a bit of an auto test feel to it. But Dirtfish, congratulations to everybody. Belatedly, obviously, because it was a three or four weeks ago now. But we had, I think it was two hundred and twenty cars uh, entered. Uh, for a two-day event at HQ, it was sensational. If you want to go back and relive any of it, and genuinely should, it was so entertaining. Uh, just go back, go to dirtfish.com, top left of the of the homepage, click Dirtfish Live Center, and scroll down. We'll bring you to all of the uh, all of the action. David, sorry, George, carry on. David, not I, a great I, point I, to I, interrupt. I, I, I carry on. Pardon, David, but but <laughs> it, it was it was a good point to interrupt because I, I'm just saying I, I followed Dirtfish Live and I loved it. Yeah, uh, but. I was looking. I was looking for the roundup video. You know the 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 fun video that we do at the still end of coming. events. It's. I felt that Dirtfish Dirtfish Live deserved that. It, it, it's it's, so, it's it, still it, in Rallyfest deserved. It's that. still in the works. Oh, thank goodness! It's still in the works. Thank goodness, because it was it was it really deserves that. We have a brilliant new videographer, editor, Georgia. They are working on it as we speak. Uh, so yeah, honestly, it'll be there and it'll be there to be enjoyed. So that was that was the summer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That was the summer. Apart from the summer that's still going on for far too long. Yeah, it was. It was a busy summer, wasn't it? I don't know whether is it because is it because we're getting older, boys and girls, that it just flies by. You know, remember the endless days of summer when we were younger and when we were, you know, enjoying summer holidays and all the rest. It just they lasted forever. Flies by these days. It really does. Anyway. Flying by towards Acropolis, yeah. which is great. Well, I was going to say, we've, we've got to talk Greece next. Um, the reset button being hit on Dirtfish's Life Centre buttons and everybody gearing up for the car breaker that is the Acropolis Rally. Um, <laughs> we do like to talk about the weather. and The weather has been crazy. I saw it at the Burning Man Festival. It was all about the rain um, that's been caused. I mean, just incredible pictures from this place that's set out in the desert, absolutely tipping down with rain. It's- is this where people are literally mm. not allowed to move now because their cars will get stuck? In, yep. It's in Nevada, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's usually and about bonkers. surviving the heat because you only yeah. take you, you you can't buy anything there. You have to take everything with you. Um, so yeah, they've they've got to kind of hunker down and wait for the for the poor weather to pass. What what are we expecting for Acropolis? We are expecting George. Have you had a look, George? Potential well, weather madness is what I see on my schedule. But just just before we just before we jump into that, I've got to say there is, and by now this story will be up uh, on Dutch dot com. Uh, we're recording Monday morning, and the story is going up first thing Monday morning. But have a listen to this. So we all, I guess, have been reasonably aware of the of the weather changing. Um, in, in Greece. So, uh, clock recourse communication number two. The headline is risk of severe weather conditions. According to the weather forecast, there will be heavy rains and possibly storms passing over the rally area next week, the, which is this week, obviously. The organiser is constantly monitoring stage conditions and preparing contingency plans in case the reconnaissance is not possible as scheduled. All competitors are required to secure their tents and other constructions in the service park and to keep their service base manned at all times should the severe wow. weather conditions hit the area. So, Cole, it's it good. Really and, and this is, this is sorry, this is um, in the same summer where we've seen extreme heat and extreme, extreme fires. Yeah. 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 Well, last week we had, we had uh, some of the tests uh, interrupted, disrupted by the, the, the fires around yeah. there. And you're one of the biggest... Forest fires in Europe, burning to the north of of, of Athens, the north of Greece. Uh, it is quite yeah. remarkable, David. I, Europe's biggest absolutely. wildfire, apparently that one. And just sorry, Cole, just to interrupt to there, just one second point of order. It wasn't the fires uh, that caused the test. It was the potential, and I think it was the local government that sort of said, "No, you know, yeah. you will bring yeah, in increased risk yeah. potentially." So yeah. therefore, we yeah. So I think the fires around Lamia are, yeah. are, are yeah, no, out right. now, aren't they? But it is this. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. It, you're quite right to make that point, David. It, it is that that increased risk, you know. And we've seen this before. I remember in uh, was it in Portugal a few years ago where you know we lost some stages because the the authorities just weren't prepared to sit to take the risk of you know tens of thousands of people descending on a region which was mm. tinder dry. Um, but I, it's quite remarkable, David George. I I don't remember that kind of bulletin before. I, I, that's new to me. A bulletin that's coming out saying, you know, beware, the record could be interrupted, man your service area. That sounds that sounds pretty uh, biblical in terms of what they're expecting. Well, what they're, what they're expecting is thunderstorms, Colin, and uh, they're pretty decent thunderstorms when, when we look at it here. So thunder, thunderstorms can be very extensive. Uh, they can also be relatively local, you know, anything from, anything from five or 10 kilometres across to, to even smaller than that, to be honest up to, you know, 50, 60 kilometres across. So it just depends on where you are. So uh, you could be 10 kilometres away and dry and, and you know, the the, the centre of it is taking an absolute hiding. We're looking at today, potentially 26 millimetres of rainfall in, in a series of thunderstorms, which increase and then decrease throughout the day. Um, but then Tuesday, uh, it's, it's a lower risk of thunderstorm, but a much higher risk of rain. So 85% chance of 43 millimetres of rain. That's a lot of water in a day um, by by British terms, shall we say. By thunderstorm terms, it's probably just about normal. Wednesday, mm. uh, a good old belt of rain again. By Thursday, we're looking at thunderstorms, but just three or four millimetres of rain. 
than the weekend gorgeous. So, mm. yeah, the, the recce does look like it could be interrupted. And when you've got 25, you know, if you've got 25 millimetres of rainfall coming in, in say, an hour, uh, it, it, I don't care what terrain you're in, where you've got little creeks and rivers in the hills, torrents. they was, will be yeah. torrents coming yeah. down. And they will over they will overflow mm. storm drains. I mean, and, and Greece is well well equipped and 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 well engineered to deal with that for the most part but we're in forest rural roads and uh you know you, they, they can flood and they can get rutted so there's a decent chance that you'll get a bit of uh, a bit of um uh, disruption if it, if it happens to strike at the right place and you know the rally moves around a fair bit so the odds are that yeah, something listen, like I, that I mean, will I, happen it does worry me a touch because um, david you're quite right in mentioning two years ago and and we had some really heavy rain on the recce then, it then dried up a little bit and the rain returned, didn't it, for the final day a couple of years ago. But I do remember there was one stage, you remember, there's two very distinct areas for this rally. There's the Peloponnese, which for me is the area that I really like. We get some really rough, abrasive stages, typical kind of, in my view, Acropolis stages, can be very, very demanding, very challenging, maybe not quite so much in terms of undulations and, and, and topography. Then we head up towards the mountains, the Parnassos Mountains, in the back of the Parnassos Mountains. And that is where we had the real issues on the recce two years ago. There was uh, one section in particular, I remember there was a photo came out of recce with about oh, eight or ten recce cars stuck on this section in one of the stages. The, the mud was just impassable, even for four-wheel drive recce cars. Um, you know, if we get those kind of conditions up in the mountains for the recce days in the mountains, they're wrecking today around the Peloponnese. They move tomorrow up into the mountains. And if we get conditions like that, uh, it could be very challenging for the organisers. But what, what's really encouraging is the fact that they're recognising that and they've put plans in place. And if, you know, if anything does happen on the recce, fingers crossed, they do have contingencies to deal with it. But, but it, it is quite remarkable, quite remarkable that, that transformation from last week to this week and, and, and then hopefully hopefully as George said by the time the rally comes along it'll be sunny and we'll have our shorts and t-shirts on again good, good sensible good sensible rule but but the uh, I mean I've, I've seen very bad weather in Greece before thunderstorms are not new in Greece look it's really mountainous weather there's big forests up there almost like alpine forests just just you know 80-90 kilometres north of of, of uh, of, of Athens, you, you're into you're into Alpine country. There's a ski resort 140 kilometres north of of Athens. It, it's an amazing place. So you know, topography like that generates weather. So they're used to getting thunderstorms in 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 Greece in summer. It's not a regular thing. I guess it requires all manner of atmospheric things coming together. And without doubt, the climate uh, changes. It, it always has done. So there's nothing new there. Good to know it's changing because then the world's in a normal place. Uh, but but the reality is that um, um, what we're seeing here, Greece has seen before. We've, we've had Greek rallies. The the hardest thing that used to happen when it rained in Greece was recovering <laughs> journalists. <laughs> Believe it or not, that was the fun thing that teams had to do, because the road just becomes a wet Greek road. Say around uh, Parnassos, uh, Lamia, uh, and and the like. Uh, they're they've got marble stone in them, so when they become wet. It is genuinely like a wet skating rink for a car. And you're literally going down the road at 40 kph, turn a corner, and the car just goes straight. You might you might get yaw control, but you won't get directional control. And uh, you, you learn very quickly. As long as your first corner you come to, you, you pick up the the status of it is fine. 
But I mean, I remember picking four or five journalists up out of ditches, recovering them uh, on one particular year. I've I've just put in, and this is not an awful lot of of use uh, to to listeners, so apologies. Or maybe we'll put it on social. Uh, But I've just uh, sent into the group chat a picture from uh, Tim Fristos, a place called Tim Fristos, which Mm -hmm. is just to the west of Lamia. Uh, It's a webcam picture from nine minutes ago. Uh, so 9.24 local time in the morning, and it's 14 degrees, uh, and it looks like it is. It's 80% humidity, and it looks like it's about Whoa. to bucket it down. Uh, certainly, like Excellent. you said, Colt, it, it does not yeah. look like the blazing blue skies. But, you know, on a, on a human level, uh, if this if this torrential rain does arrive, it can only be a good thing for Greece because, you know, Greece needs to put some fires out, doesn't it? And and that that would be good. We're, we're about rallying so we're used to it. We will deal and we will continue with with whatever the weather throws us, at us. Um, but if it helps the people of Greece, then, then absolutely happy days. Bring on the rain. Um, and that's generally my mantra <laughs> is just bring on the rain. I'm always happier in the rain. <laughs> well, gonna, and, and so we've got our we've got our our drivers that prefer certain conditions, if it's going to be wet, who is going to go, who's going to rub their hands, their gloves with glee and say, bring it on? Step forward, Kelly Robin Perry. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, he was he was the absolute <laughs> meister, wasn't he? The mud meister <laughs> two years ago. Uh, you know, that, that final morning, uh, it looked as if he'd gone out on the wrong tyres. I think he went out on... He had one or two hards and, and softs, and it was absolutely treacherous as you like. It was wet, it was muddy, it was slippery. And it was like, ooh, oh my goodness me, you know, he's going to lose this one. He, he can't possibly win with any hard compounds on his car. Um, and he went and just blew everyone out of the water, didn't he? Uh, yeah, Kelly Robinson for me has to be the man, literally. But the, the issue the issue here is, is but it was the same that year, um, the, the issue here could be Friday, and it always is Friday, isn't it, in Greece. Don't forget that last year, Pierre-Louis Loubet was, was winning stages on the Friday. Um, Sebastian Loeb led, didn't he, the rally, at the end of Friday. Yeah. Uh, so road position on Friday here can be very, very punishing indeed. But this bit of rain is going to help. Um, but you know you can't look beyond them. You know the question is how you know, is he fully recovered? He says he's fully recovered from that back injury after that fairly hefty knock that he took in Finland. And and then the other question I suppose is, you know, does he have to reassess a little bit, reassess his approach a little bit? In Finland, he was very much championship, wasn't he? Talking championship, not really too concerned about the win. Talking about the championship didn't work for him in Finland. Um, what's his approach here, David? Does, does well, he does he does he go with with a conservative approach, or does he just get straight back on it and do what we know he can do? It's a, it's an odd one. I I would have thought exactly the same as as you, Colin. I've not spoken to to Calais in the in the run up to Greece, um, but I did speak to to Tom Fowler, the technical director at Toyota, on Friday afternoon, uh, and we we were just chatting, and that was exactly the question of what did Tom and what does the team expect. Uh, from Cali, you know, he's 25 points ahead of, of teammate Elvin, uh, Elvin Evans. And then I think it's, is it something like 33 or something to Thierry? Um, and Tom said, well, you know, Cali's had a different approach this year. He's He's been about winning rallies, which I kind of thought, well, was he at the start of the year? And then, you know, it's very easy to get carried along with that whole, oh, what's Cali doing? He hasn't won since New Zealand last year. And But actually, when you think about it, you know, once Cali did start winning events, 
he he kind of he was there all the time. Uh, and and I think we have seen a, a change of approach. And I think it's it's something that when you win a championship, you come you become kind of unburdened by that constant mm. pressure, which we certainly saw him under last year of just oh God, I just need the points, I need the points, I need the championship. Calais Rovenpera to me does not seem to be the kind of driver that is already counting. Right, that's one championship done. Now let's get the second. Now let's get the third. We know that's not what he's about. He's about enjoying driving the car. Um, and and I, for me, I think he will come to Acropolis and just say, right, I'm going to win this rally, uh, and then he'll go to wherever we go next, uh, which is Chile, Chile, Chile CR, somewhere I can't remember, and he will try and win the rally and. <laughs> I, I think he is just about... Chile, David. Chile, Chile. we're going to next. <laughs> Chile. Uh, it, I, for me, it'd just be after after winning events because he's got nothing to prove. Um, and again, we've talked a little bit about the summer and what we've done. I have spent most of the summer break arguing with myself about whether 25 points is a doable <laughs> gap for Elvin Evans. Um, and sometimes you think it is. You think... And of course... If Kelly has a DNF here, it's of course it is. You know, it's beyond question. If Elvin wins or if Elvin has a good score, the championship could be, you know, Elvin could be five points up when we go to Chile. Mm. You know, so it is on it. But at the same time, 25 points is that sort of psychological barrier you want to get to where it's it's one rally, isn't it? You've won. You've got at least a rally Mm. buffer. Um, So I, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know I've probably talked for far too long already, so... I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumours, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. But one thing I did want to ask before we progress too far into um, into Cali Rovenpera and drivers is I wanted to ask George exactly what he thinks will happen when these roads this week have been so dry for so long does it wash the road away or what what is generally what's drainage like obviously they're mountainous roads the roads will drain and we'll get big kind of river channels but what are the roads like uh, the roads are these are these are all classic stages you know we've got bauxite uh, we're up there yeah. at thieves uh up in the mountains above lavadia uh I forget the name of that stage stage six i think it is uh, absolutely gorgeous, and then we get up, we get up to uh, the the west of Lamia when we're going into Tarzan and all those mountain stages. I've I've driven all those stages, so tight, twisty in many cases, very tight, very twisty, and very very rocky, but somehow quite well established roads. But they're just classic forest roads, David. So um, they have been driven into the mountainside. Greece is very very rocky, but it's not just all solid granite. It's 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 a mixture of 
of, of sort of gravelly type uh, rock that breaks up. So I think these roads will rot out something something quite wickedly to the point that I imagine that even in between the recce and the rally, if if there is a rainstorm on a stage and they don't want to lose it, they'll just have to go in and fill some ruts, just backfill it with with uh, some coarse and, and then some fine uh, uh, fill to, to make sure that they're there because it will be horrendous. So car damage, highly likely, given given the types of roads. So that puts an element of risk in there for Cali. Uh, that he will not not enjoy in 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 sort of tactical terms, if you like, because he, whilst he's the master of his own destiny and that he will set his pace and that will be his pace, uh, I think this this rally uh, introduces an element of chance and risk because of damage to cars, especially given mm. that it's going to be rain. We're just going to see a riskier event. I think we'll see a brilliant yeah. rally. Greece is always brilliant. It's, you know, it's traditionally one of the slower events that we do. There are some fast stages in there. For instance, Boxite way really, really fast. Um, but Tarzan, by the same token, is very, very slow. Um, I, so, yeah. George, I totally, totally agree with you on that. And, and you know, if we go back to Cali and to Cali's chances of winning, and, and David, the question that's been perplexing you all mm. summer long, is 25 points enough? Well, the calendar works in Elvin Evans's favour here. Because if you know, we've got two tarmac rallies left, we've got two gravel rallies left, haven't we? So if we were going straight into the two tarmac rallies, you know, Cali would have it done and dusted you know, with, with two to go. No question. He could drive around those tarmac rallies all day long, no matter what the weather. He could drive around them, get second or third place quite easily, no problems. But... But it's what George says, you know, it's that, it's that element, that mm-hmm. unknown element of risk of car damage, the slightest mistake, and okay, Robin Perr doesn't make many mistakes, the slightest mistake, heavily punished, big rocks, anything could happen, a DNF, you know, on this event is a real possibility. And, and I think that's what, for me, keeps the championship really, really interesting, really interesting. You know, the, 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 you, we're lucky. We're lucky we're going to Greece. We're going to what is going to be a really challenging Greece. And, and that does keep it very much alive. But, you know, Elvin Evans is in the same position. He cannot afford, neither can Thierry Neuville. They can't afford to make mistakes. They can't afford not to be either winning this rally or finishing second, both those drivers. Um, so it's it, it it's you know the calendar is working for us and keeping things very much alive this year and I and I think Robin Perra might just have that at the back of his mind might might I don't know so, might just have so it at the back Elvin of his mind. So does Elvin have to go absolutely full ball flat jack? He, he has to win, David. Yeah, he has, he to, has win. to win. He absolutely has to win. He can't. He has to win. And and even you know even even winning might might well not be enough. But he absolutely has to win this one. Um, and he can win it. We, we know he can win it. Conditions, challenging conditions, your grip that changes. That, that, that's the kind of conditions that Elvin Evans in the past has absolutely reveled in. So, um, yeah, if, it, if the weather plays a part in it, then Evans will be quite happy to take on that challenge. And he's well, well equipped, maybe the best equipped of all the drivers to deal with really, really challenging conditions. Remember Corsica a few years mm-hmm. ago, 2017, was it in Corsica? When he was in the what I can't remember which car was it the D Mac car then? Or was it fifteen? No. It was. Was it fifteen? It was fifteen because it was the D Mac car, wasn't it? It was years ago. Um, you know, he's, he's always been a driver that, that has been able to pick the grip, and he sees it and he feels it. Maybe, maybe quicker 
than any other driver. Um, and I, I think I think this might might just be a little glimmer of hope. You ask Elvin, and he'll say, well, the conditions are the same for everyone. That is absolutely correct. But not everyone is able to cope yeah. with those difficult conditions with the same degree of confidence, maybe, that Evans and is. And I think, I I think also, we'll adding to that, Colin, is the fact that Elvin, all year, has been driving at that pace where he knows he can, generally speaking, and we know, we know mistakes happen, but very few and far between for him recently. He's pushing that pace and he's he's been managing to find the balance. Not quite getting to the ultimate pace, say, of of uh, of Cali at times when it's frustrating him. I can't quite get there. But but he's he's getting there at a, a measured sort of tiny little step each time to try to try and catch Cali, who is, you know, managing it in such a relaxed way. Two different drivers, two different people, that's fine. But but my point is coming to this event is that he's the guy that tends to read read the pace on the conservative side, which gives you a little bit yeah. more survival on these tougher events than if you're just going into it in a relaxed way saying, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm managing it easily. It, has Cali got that bit of collateral as well worked off as Elfin? Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. Certainly, he's an undeniable uh, rally. You know, he, he's, he's, he's stepped into the, the, the realms of rally God in, a, in the same way that... Uh, Sebastian Loeb and Sebastian Ogier have for me. Uh, Elfin's mm. not not quite at that level, but he's he's just so unbelievably close to it. But he does it in such a measured way. I've got huge amount of respect and and uh, admiration for his approach. I think he's going to stand him in good what, stead. Couple, couple of points to make here, and somebody mentioned that the speed of this event, and it is just to put that into context. Uh, Thierry, I've just looked up on, on EWRC-results.com, our fabulous sister site, of course. Go there for all of your results needs. Um, in Greece last year, Thierry won. Obviously, it was a 1, 2, 3, Hyundai. Thierry won at an average speed of 84.7 kilometers, yeah. 52 miles an hour. <laughs> so we're coming off the back of an event which Elvin yeah. won four weeks ago or so at 125 yeah kilometers now 78 miles an hour that's wow. the difference it's huge the difference in average speed. yeah um, it is isn't it so that was that was point number one point number two elvin winning finland does that give him confidence coming into greece do we think or or, or, or i mean is it well, such a different event that you put it you put a finland win away and you think right now i've got to restart and reset i for think a anybody slow... who wins finland is is definitely going to get some wind in their sails off the back of that god us, yeah you kind of think so wouldn't you absolutely but 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 he but he was he was again and it it frustrates me a little bit but he's a realist elvin evans isn't he you know and, and he won't he won't overplay his part at all, you know. And he said, didn't he say to you at the end of the event, David? He said, "Look, don't get carried away by this. I haven't found the magic solution yes. yet. I'm still battling to find really, you know, a feeling that I'm at one with this car. It's not there yet. Yes, we got it right for Finland, but that doesn't necessarily translate into form for Acropolis. Yeah. He said that to you after Finland. It, I'm pretty sure he did. He did, Cole, but it didn't uh, really work, did it? Because I think, it, if my memory serves correctly, <laughs> did you and I get a wee bit carried away there? I think we might have done. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we might well. Maybe. Yeah, that was my my point was just, you know, some sometimes it is frustrating. Elvin is incredibly realistic about everything. And, and all I was saying to, to Elvin at that point was, in you know, everybody wants a Finland win. And you look at the likes of, of fellow Brits, Colin McRae and, and Richard Burns, desperately would have loved a Finland win. Uh, of course, Chris Meek did, did just that brilliantly as well. But trying to say, 
sometimes drivers have, have said almost a Finland win is worth a championship because it's the it's the one where it's for the bravest of the brave. You know, you've got to have the absolute speed, commitment, everything. Um, and Elvis was just like, nah, yeah, we don't really compare generations. Move on. Next question. In fairness to Elf and Luke, everybody else, everybody else there that was going to be competitive there kind of crashed. So he really did measure the pace perfectly, and he was right on the pace, right. you know, within, within you know, a tenth of a second a kilometre, basically, he was in, in there. And, uh, and when I say everyone else crashed, everyone else crashed, except except Doik Tamak, who didn't crash. <laughs> and pretty much on. everybody <laughs> crashed out of sight of Dirtfish, which is jolly yeah. annoying. But we did, mm. didn't They're stop very annoying, indeed. Well. Yeah, no, no, you had to... You had no, to it, was, it was... It was yeah, no, we had our fun, but it was a little bit, a little bit optimistic. Yeah. Trying to yeah. cross a, a boggy creek. Yeah, <laughs> massive mistake. Well, there were definitely massive snakes mistakes. and bears. Well, there was all sorts of horrible things, which you, are well known in yeah. Finland as well. Beasties. Yeah. David, 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 don't exaggerate. But there were definitely snakes. There were maybe no alligators. But but you know, it was the shock of my life when I discovered there were snakes in Finland are and they? snakes that bite you. And yes. Oh my goodness me! When I remember during the COVID year 20, 2020, uh, and we we went and covered those those tests that Toyota did. It was the first bit of rallying after COVID, and it was actually an Elvin Evans test, and it was a fantastic bit of road. And the cars came across the top, and it was a ninety left at a junction, and they, they shot out of sight. And in that corner there between the the top road and the ninety left was this big field, and it had just been. Um, uh, just been the grass had just been cut basically, um, and the farmer was there. And I said to him, "Do you mind if I stand in your field?" He said, "By all means," in his Finnish accent, obviously. By all means, stand there if you like. But I cut that grass yesterday, and I'll tell you what: I've never seen so many snakes in my life. <laughs> Genius. So, so I went. Do you mean little grass snakes that just kind of? He went, no, 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 proper snakes that will bite you, and you'll know all about it if they bite you. Excellent. I went, right, you. I'll find somewhere else to stand. That sounds Thank like you. a classic Finnish <laughs> understatement. Yes, you'll know about it as your leg rots off with some wicked poison. <laughs> you know, twenty-one different types of snake in Greece, Carl. Uh, I, was, I was just about hours. to Google what, what snakes are, are going to take your leg off in Finland, actually. The, but the Bosnian adder, the smooth snake, the blotch snake, the meadow viper. Stop it. That stop it. Enough nice. of the snakes. We have, we have, we oh, have just talking about snakes. Do, do you know what I've day. seen this morning? As, as I woke up at six o'clock, ready for fresh as a daisy, ready for our podcast, uh, a quick flick through social media. And our friend Jeff Mays, you're Jeff Mays from the, uh, the safari rally. Uh, Jeff Mays wrangling a cobra. This morning was That's the video that snake. popped up. Yeah, 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 a cobra. And he said there's a YouTube video to come. What what possesses people to do that sort of thing? The fact that it's probably know. in your Madness. tent, David. You know, I, was I, say, say, really I think, I think, yeah. I think, I think you're right, yeah. George. I think That's it was somewhere, somewhere, somewhere threatening his camp. Right, yeah. let's talk WRC two. Yep, please do. WRC2. No, no, it's a statement. Let's start with WRC2. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's been, it's been um, the gift that keeps on giving this year, hasn't it? Oh, and then it, some. Uh, absolutely brilliant. It, it, great. Absolutely great. The championship that just keeps on giving. Uh, and, yeah, the, I, there was some some discord. I don't know what the, what the right word is. Some, the- certainly some debate after Finland. Uh, when Oliver Solberg talked about, so 
this the championship, and I, oh, aggro. I don't want to keep aggro. banging this drum. There's been some aggro. We like the word yeah, aggro. a little bit. But, uh, and, and it, you know, we will, every time we seem to talk about WRC2, I bring this up, so apologies. Uh, but it just frustrates the hell out of me that, that we've got different people on different agendas and who's not good. But actually forget all of that in Greece because they're pretty much all here. Um, in WRC2, it's Mickelson, Russell, Payari, Solberg, Greensmith, Kaitanovic, Formo, Balassia, Prokop. They're all there, the main championship protagonists. Magnificent. Just mentally thinking, have I forgotten anybody? Quite possibly. Apologies if I've forgotten somebody. But this is the one that we've kind of been waiting for, where they're all lined up against each other. Um, and it's going to be great. You know, it's what, and it's the point that Oliver Solberg makes consistently that people seem to keep misunderstanding. You know, he just wants everybody to fight all year. He wants to fight on tarmac, on snow, on gravel, on fast gravel, on slow, on rocky, on all of that. Yeah, David, you shouldn't, you shouldn't pipe down on that point because it's a very, very good Thanks, and John. legitimate point that needs. No, you, you do need to keep banging the drum because someone needs to listen because it's, it is a top-class championship that is not getting mm. the credibility it deserves. You know, it, it, it really needs, for it to be a completely credible championship, they need to listen to you. They need to listen to you because it isn't right. No, they, they, no, they do. They need to, okay, they, they don't need to listen to you, David, but they need to listen <laughs> to, the, to these arguments and to yeah. these points that are being made because... You know what? We've got the WRC, which is great, but we know it's got that there are real issues with the WRC right now. You know, five cars potentially yeah. we had on day two. I think it was six we had uh, on the start line on the Saturday, but it did look for a while as if it was going to be five. Real issues there. So what do you need? You need a strong, credi- credible support championship, and we are ninety-five percent of the way there with WRC two. And it's a simple thing to resolve. It's a simple, simple thing to resolve, you know. You, you do it rotational with the rallies. If the rallies don't like it, well, well I'm afraid they're going to have to live with it, you know. That's mm. just the way it is. You know, they, they have to take a little bit of a hit for the, for the greater good. And the greater good is a championship which is won by the, the person who is most adept across all the different surfaces, not who has the biggest budget and who can afford to go to the most long-haul events. Um, you know, it's simple, simple to resolve, and it'll be, if it is resolved, it'll do a world of good for rallying, never mind just for WRC2. So, David, just you keep beating that drum. I will. Keep beating it. I can will, I, can I just I say as well how we've got such a European-centric attitude to the World Rally Championship anyway, because we talk about long-haul events, obviously because most of the teams are kind of based around Europe, but... Is the World Rally Championship, do, do we not need to kind of find some way, and, and WRC2 is also a world championship, do we not need to find some way to actually make that less of a, it just, it, you know, we, we're going to South America, to Chile um, in, in mm. the next event after Greece. And it it's, and as with going to Africa, it's seen as extraordinary rather than, as it should be as a world championship, it should be the natural part of the championship. I I would agree wholeheartedly, Lise. And you know, ultimately, the the promoter's stated aim from a few years ago, and and in fairness to the promoter, the obviously COVID has has stepped in uh, and put a very big stick in the spokes there. But there was there was an intention mm. 
to move, I think, to a 16-round calendar where it was 50-50. Yeah. It was eight and eight. Yeah, so eight in Europe and eight around the rest of the world, So, which still is a very Euro-centric championship. But I think, you know, you have to be realistic and you have to look at where the teams are based. Okay, yeah. the manufacturers are not, clearly. You know, two of our three manufacturers are in the far, are in the far east. Um, in terms of WRC2, drivers can participate in seven events uh, and they, they take their top six scores. That maybe we bring it down to six and we make it four European and two, and two flyaway. There are ways to yeah. make it more affordable. You know, there's to have a, a a centrally sourced service part for all of the. We've seen this before, haven't we, George? In in PWRC, where the drivers may pay to freight their cars out there, but they don't need to take tents or infrastructure. Right? It can all be provided yeah. for them. It it, it was a it, very very successful format, David. Unbelievably mm-hmm. successful. Yeah, maybe we and need it should to have, those absolutely challenges. should be that. Yeah, and 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 the point was, it was a benefit to the competitors. It wasn't it wasn't something that they compulsorily had to do in one way, yeah. but it was just such a it was it was a financial benefit oh. to them. Of course, they wanted to do it, and that's what the the promoter needs to do now: bring it all together. Um, yeah, and yeah. it would be it would be it would be huge, and it would be so beneficial. It would need to be slightly better placed than it was before because people took advantage of it. But uh, uh, it was it was excellent. But I mean, you look at this now. So we've got Mickelson is is leading WRC two by what is it five points, and he he has done four rallies. He's finished every one of them. He's won two. He's finished third and one. He finished fourth in in Finland. Um, and then you've got right at the other end of the scale. Formos done one, two, three, four, five. He's done five. That's not many. Has nobody done six? So I'm sure somebody must have done six rounds already. So it, it, there's complete disparity that the guy who's leading the championship has still got th- potentially three scoring well, rounds left, which he knows he's not going to do. Yeah. Um, and, and David, and it it, it it doesn't help because. You you want to be able to follow what's going on, yeah, don't you? You want it. you want to be able to build momentum in terms of you know the drama and the excitement. I suppose in some ways you know, it's so confusing that you know, at least we haven't got a situation where someone's going to win with two or three rounds to go. Um, but, but I don't think that's the point. I think the point is that you know, you need to be able to look at a championship and and know who's leading. I, I, you need to be able to look at a championship and know who, who in second place. You know what he's got to do or she's got to do. Exactly um, that. And- it's too confusing. It's too confusing. But it's it's not Colin. It's not because do you know what you need to what do is? today? No, 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 no. Today on Dirtfish.com, right? You need to read Luke Barry's right. story about a, oh, good. a six-way WRC two showdown and who can still win it. Luke explains all. Luke is the master at all of this. Yeah. he's just he's got his abacus out and he's done all his maths and he's got it all sussed. George, rem- remember when we remember on top of that hotel in in Cyprus, George, oh, where we goodness. did the odds. Yes, that was very very funny. <laughs> it, it was a similar yeah. situation. Try to work. I think it was in Italy. <laughs> I think it was the Niallo Hotel in San no, Remo. No. Colin, I recall doing. Oh yeah, you might yeah. be right. With yeah. a whiteboard yeah. up. It was on top of a roof. Colin, Colin did his <laughs> did his funny. pundit thing. It was very very funny. Yeah. The odds. But like, I mean, did you have a point mind, Yeah, bear in mind that, that that championship's formed like that to be very inclusive because what it does do is it allows competitors to compete in the world championship a little bit on their own terms. Now, I understand the thing about points and knowing where we are and, and trying to figure it all out and it's much simpler if, and, and straightforward and easier for everyone to understand, but it's a very inclusive championship that allows a lot of drivers to do what they want to do and what they can do and what their sponsors can do and what they can afford to do 
um, uh, in, a, in a very inclusive way and, and it actually opens it all up. It's just, just slightly different. I, I, I Honestly, I'll, I'll say I like it as it is. I, I like it as it is. Sorry, sorry. Well, to I, be a I think it's changed. I think, I think, I think. But I just think its importance has changed. Yes. I think it's, you know, um, you know, the value of it has changed over the years. And and yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It was designed to be inclusive, affordable, and all of those things. But you know, it now it now is a, a really. It's on the verge of being quite a prestigious championship, mm. <laughs> and um, and and we need to capitalise on that. The sport needs it to be better than just something which which is set up to be inclusive, affordable and all of those things. It needs to be more than that. You know, we, if you've got a very, very strong, you know, WRC, then fine. You know, your, your second tier can be all of those things. But the fact is we don't have a strong WRC and we need WRC2 to deliver. But isn't that deliver. a problem? Isn't that a problem? It's a huge if, if, problem. If WRC2 is going to be outshining WRC well, because of because of the, the, the quality we've got in there and the fact that you've got twice as many cars and twice as many drivers taking part in, on some events. Well, potentially that could be a, that'd be a nice problem to have if it, if, it, if it was in any regard threatening the... Um, you know the the status of the the top level. I don't think it will. I don't. I don't think it ever will. Um, but you know, it'd be a nice problem to have, wouldn't it? You know, if you have a support championship that's almost as strong as the main championship. Yeah, yeah. Let's deal with that when that situation <laughs> arises. But aren't we, yeah. aren't we close? To that? But I mean, have you ever? I mean, we do. I know we're, we're. I'm looking at time here that we're we're kind of running out of time. But I, I think for people who work in rallying and on WRC, sometimes they're a little bit too close and don't see the championship from the outside. So when I do speak to uh, fellow journalists who don't cover motorsport, who who still have a nostalgic view of rallying, when they ask who's competing and you, you basic limit, you know, list the very small list of drivers that compete at the top level in rallying, they kind of look and say, and that's a world championship. That that's how many people are fighting for the title each year. It it's slightly yeah. overselling mm. itself. But is it? You know, I mean, you look back historically, and when when have you had more than four genuine? I think probably you could go back to a time when we had six drivers who would genuinely fight for for world championships, and you know, an interesting that. You might have eight, nine, <laughs> ten drivers who could win a rally through the through the year, um, but I'm not sure you'd have six. I'm not sure you'd have that many genuine title challenges at the, when it but, came. But we've got a manufacturers challenge. We've got a manufacturers championship where there's not going to be a team missing the podium. Effectively, I know it's all about winning, but when you've only got three manufacturers so, tucked in, it, it, it's yeah, there, are questions, worse, there are questions. There are questions to be asked, aren't they? Well, that's true. Absolutely. We have been worse. Always, yeah. there's, there's 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 questions to be asked. But you know, this is it is the world championship. And one another interesting piece to to look at on dirtfish.com is is did Sebastian Loeb kill off um, tarmac specialist, gravel specialist, which is it is a really interesting read. And the championship continually evolves. But for me, we've never had a, a championship. Okay, you look at Formula One, which is apparently you know is is blossoming and is blooming and is brilliant right now. You know, we watched Monza last weekend, uh, and it was actually not a bad race. Um, but ultimately, there was only ever going to be one winner. Um, mm. And as soon as as um, Max Verstappen had got past Carlos, that was it. <laughs> you know, the the race was run, and he went on to beat 
I think it was it twelve seconds or something. He was he was he was ahead of Sainz's Ferrari. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, I don't. I mean, who, who, who ever know. said it's... that watching paint dry wasn't wasn't a sport? It seems to it's, the world seems to love it. You know? Sorry, no, I, ten I, wins. I would always sorry. defend the ten Italian Euro. Grand Prix. I have to say. Well, yes, I would too. I mean, who who wouldn't? Who doesn't want to go to Monza? I love going to Monza. I've been there a few times, yeah, and it's uh, brilliant. But yeah. honestly speaking, it, it I'd rather watch yeah. a support race <laughs> where people are fighting for a win. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Yeah. Guys, if we're talking championships, okay, and, and are we almost out of time, Lise? No, we've, we've still probably got another five minutes or so. Uh, have, have, have I, have I, am I allowed to raise something that isn't on the agenda? Go on, then. We can always edit you out. <laughs> it just depends you can what it is, Colin out. Clark. What? <laughs> oh, my well, goodness. Which I can particular edit. direction I can edit. are we going now? <laughs> no, no, no. We're going incredibly parochial, and I'm very, very sorry no. to our listeners no. around the world. No. We're going incredibly... British Rally Championship. What is going on? Yeah. What is going on? You know, we go to the Ulster Rally, one of the classic tarmac rallies, you'd argue, in Europe, with a fantastically full entry field. Six entries for the British Rally Championship. We go to this wonderful new rally in Wales. Again, wonderful entry list. You know, your quality from top to bottom. Seven entries in the British Rally Championship. What is going on? No one's talking about it. And no. it worries the hell out of me for British rallying. I, um, does it, does it, it have a mention here or not? If, if you are listening to this in different parts of the world at Dirtfish Rally, tell us what's happening where you are because well, this has massive ramifications for the development of the sport. It does, yeah, but it's it, not. It's not listen, and this is what worries me. This is what worries me. You look at the Australian Championship and they've got you know, a dozen Rally 2 cars um, competing. You look to... You know, championships around the world and they're, 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 okay, times are tough for everyone in motorsport just now with budgets, with finances and all the rest. But as far as I can tell, you know, in Britain, we are struggling and struggling mm. disproportionately to other countries. And there has to be a reason for it and it needs to be addressed very, very quickly. Yes, I think you can just look to the MSA, can't you? Motorsports no, Association. No, Thank you very motorsport much. Motorsport UK. The, the artist, yes, well, say. same thing. But I think yeah. you, you're you're right, Col, and 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 it is parochial, but ultimately, it actually isn't because historically, if you chose one championship in the world of rallying that had at mm-hmm. one point in its history as just as great a significance as the world championship, forget your European championships, it was the British championship in the late 70s, early 80s, when the likes of Hannu Mikula, Bjorn Valdegaard, yeah. Ari Vatanen were coming to Britain oh. to show what they were worth in in a hope of, of sort of stepping up to a world championship. It was as competitive, if not more competitive, than WRC then. So there is a massive significance and relevance. And yeah, sure, your man... David Richards, or these people can say, "Oh, times have changed. Times have moved on." Yeah, they have, and 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 I'm afraid that you haven't had the ability to move on with them and to find a solution because right now, the British Rally Championship is effectively dead. 
nobody cares about mm-hmm. it anymore in a way that yes i keep saying it is 40 50 years ago but it, it has that histo- that history and that kind of relevance still you know there's there's not many places that you can say do you want a british championship win and people would say 100% yes i think we've still got that in rallying but at the we've got very 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 small window to rebuild this thing and yeah. i'm not entirely sure what the direction is but you know f- f- right now i'm not even sure that the, the the people at motorsport uk are even registering that there's a problem you know correct i, I mean that, that, David, that's entirely my point entirely my point it's it's not being talked about it's not being no. discussed you know we, we watch the coverage of also we watch the coverage of kara diggian um and do you know what? Um, fair play to them for you know for managing to to paint over what is a serious issue because mm. just watching their social media coverage, you wouldn't think there's a problem at all. Um, and it's like, guys, why why are we getting this social media coverage? Why are they talking in this way when there are six cars to follow? Yeah. Why isn't someone because saying, someone's paying this is them just to sell the nonsense. championship? This this is the problem with social but, media; it can well, really put a gloss on things, can't it? Well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. It frustrates me because because maybe the point yeah, here is that we do we dedicate a, um, an edition of of spin. I don't say that we do the bicentenary edition, uh, all about the British Rally Championship. But I think there's there's definitely scope, and we talk to people like David Richards, and we get them on the show, and we ask them exactly what what has gone wrong, where and and which direction, uh, and maybe we talk to the to yeah. the likes of Ocean Price and people who still you know, have uh, a, an interest in, in seeing British Rally Championship return to, to what it to what it was and what it can be. Because fundamentally, you know, the massive frustration here is that we still have the likes of Kielder, Dolby, Dovey, oh, these yeah. incredible stages that just sit there. Gra- Granite Norman City there. Rally, David, all those forests up there, just amazing. Yeah. Just amazing yeah. up there in the northeast. You know, you the 120 uh, miles of so, so, 180 kilometres of stage miles uh, in 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 a in a day if you want you know and you can you get up a world championship up there absolutely no problem with classic forests 30 mile mm-hmm. stages up there 35 mile stages if you want them you know anything you want do you, tremendous. Do you know a stage that we we haven't used for years, George? That I would just love just to to be able to say it is Clash and Darrock. What a yep. great name! Where Clash and Darrock. <laughs> yeah. Clash and Darrick. Yeah. Sounds Aberdonian. It, it, it's it not. It's actually it's a little bit further, a little bit further west than that. But I mean, gorgeous, isn't gorgeous it? forest. It? it is. Yeah, it's just over, over a little, little bit, a little bit would, further uh, west. Granite I think, City. Of there, I would, have, would, would you have done that on Granite City? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, just the Clash and you would. Uh, no, you would. You would go across to the Clash. Yeah. You would. I mean, that's disappearing off into the lands the of nostalgia now. It was. Um, it was called the Clash. Sorry. Um. We are we are pretty much out of time, but, but very very quickly, um, Acropolis this week. What's the plan for Dirtfish Live Centre, and Lamb yeah, why should we be watching? What's so great about the Acropolis? I mean, Lamb Cleft to we, go, we, I, and I've I've cut the amount of time that you're allowed to say how amazing it is as well. So, there used to be the rally where you weren't allowed to crash. If any driver crashed on on <laughs> Acropolis Rally. They basically lost their drive. Henry Teuvenen almost lost a drive with Lancia, crashing in 037 on about stage four. He actually crashed off with speed, and he was ridiculed by all his peers beyond all belief, uh, unreasonably, possibly. But uh, 
uh, that that was he was certainly hanging his head in shame when when seen around and about. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's a rough, tough tumble of an event, and this year with the the weather coming in, it's going to go back to its classic, unbelievably rough and tough um, uh, origins. I believe has the potential to anyway. I, I, for me, the just the roads. We've talked about it already, but the likes of George mentioned there, the the sixth stage uh, on the first day, Alatia. That's obviously the, the thank, stage thank where you, David. twenty years ago, twenty years ago, Marco Martin. Uh, won his first WRC round. It was on that Elatia stage where the bonnet came up, uh, and he had to drive peering through that to, through the, underneath the, the the bonnet there. So <laughs> yeah, and, and the likes of Elatia, Levadia, uh, and Karutz, you know, just great names and great. It's a proper genuine challenge. And it, I was writing something about Finland um, over the break, and you kind of think, oh, that's the classic done. It's not at all. You know, this is why we need these absolute classic names still in a championship. It's great that we're going to to Chile and to CER, which is, of course, a Central Europe rally in Japan. But we need the likes of Acropolis. Um, you know, it just it gives meaning and relevance and an and absolute history to the championship. So it's just a thrill to land in Athens. I haven't been for the last couple of years. I think I had COVID, which I have to say, just before we go, COVID has revisited the, the household here in the last week. Oh, oh, yeah. it's, it's yeah. been around yeah. again, yeah. Um, so, and then I, I can't. I was in America for last year, so I didn't do it. So I cannot wait uh, to get back to to Greece. Um, so, so yeah, no, it's just it, it's one of those events that absolutely gets you, gents. Yeah, there, there is one you know, thing I, you have to do. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going past Lavadia, uh, <laughs> so you've got to, you've got to, got to, got to go to the Corinth Canal on the north side of the canal. The, on the left-hand bungee side of the jump. road before you cross the bridge. No, no, forget the bungee jump, it's nothing. Souvlaki <laughs> eating contest in the little souvlaki <laughs> places. The record is 37 at one sitting. You've got to have oh a bite goodness. of bread with each with each individual souvlaki. 37. I, lamb I got, or chicken? I, I, <laughs> lamb. I, I, I cut out around yeah. about uh, around about uh, 18 or 19, but somebody got to 37. Oh, my goodness. It was a Toyota That's team right. thing. slightly mad. It was... You know, they are mad, delicious. It mad, makes it easy mad, to mad. eat. They're delicious. Colin. Mm. No, I, I, I love it. It's, it's a great event, Lise. It really is. I, I just love the unpredictability mm. of the event. I love the diversity of the stages. Yeah. And, and you know what? The fans, the Greek rally oh, fans. Fabulous. Just, uh, you know, they're, they're amongst, amongst the very best anywhere. They're, they're passionate. Mm. They're knowledgeable. Mm. Um, and, and unbelievably welcoming whenever we go there. So I can't wait. I really can't wait for it. It is definitely right up there amongst my favourites. And... A little bit of weather just makes it that little more interesting. Colin, I would give your right arm to be there. That's how much I want to go. <laughs> would you? Would you? I really would. George, <laughs> I'd give you my right arm, George. I would give it to you. Colin, you're the best <laughs> friend anyone ever had. Thank you, sir. I know. I know, George. Sometimes. I'm going to get you down time. that River Tay. The River Tay beckons you. I'm taking you down the River Tay. But the next Can best thing to being in Greece is following it on dirtfish.com via the Life Centre. Plenty of um, content on the website. Dirtfish.com's got to be your first stop. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm going to leave these guys to discuss fishing and kayaking down or canoeing, whatever your boat is, George, down I'm the... <laughs> David's oh, yes, going to just keep saying oh, yes. I mean you've said that about oh, nine yes. times and they've only just heard it David I know, lamb cleft to go, just one more go 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've not found a good one of those in. Where are we going, Carmina Vula? There must Thanks be somewhere that does Kleptico. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Mm, That's a good end, Lisa. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, Lise. <laughs> <laughs>